<laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, Ingram and Bud here for the Rare Dual Instant Reaction Podcast. Uh, we both were fortunate enough to be able to wake our, make our way over to Township. Had an absolutely incredible afternoon. Great to see as many people out there as we did. Uh, you know, you never know how many people are going to show up for a, a team that's going out in three. But a uh, fantastic turnout at Township. Couldn't have asked for better weather and couldn't have asked for a better day. Um, Before the game. Unfortunately, couldn't have asked for our worst first half and then a really impressive second half. So we're going to try to make sense of that and uh, come to some kind of conclusion as to what the rest of the season looks like. And if you can still sell your message to kids, uh, it's a great question. I don't I don't know if you can point to kids at your 0-4, but you fought like hell in the second half and played really well and had a legitimate chance to at least tie the game in the last five minutes, last two minutes. Um, interesting day that we saw today, bud. Certainly. That game felt like a marathon. You know, just it, it took absolutely forever uh, to, to get done with. I mean, basically you know, four full hours of game time uh, almost. Let's set the table because the, one of the most important things that we said in the, the uh, preview show was who's going to play and who's not going to play. Uh, so Marie Smith, the center, did not play. Jordan Travis, the quarterback, did not play. Um, who else didn't play here? Fabian Lovett. That's the one I wasn't. Fabian Lovett. Yeah. I heard some some rumblings of that, but I would be lying if I told you I was confident that Fabian Lovett was not going to play. That was a – let me put it this way. To see him in street clothes was a surprise. Yeah. Uh, did, did you see Akeem Dent at all? I didn't see Dent. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't see him on the sideline. Yeah. Like, like yeah. he didn't start, and I, I didn't. It was not, missing. I'm not saying, yeah, like I'm not saying it wasn't there, but like I didn't see him. Um, um, you know, like our seats are right there on like on the on the 50. Travis J uh, didn't appear for the first 10 minutes. I don't know if that was yeah. intentional. I, I'm, but I'm it not happened sure about for the that. Jacksonville State game too. Yeah, right, to be fair, yeah, so, that's a good point. We we think that was probably disciplinary. Yeah, uh, in that one. So, um, look, Louisville just absolutely boat raced you in the first half. Um, they came out and threw the football much more effectively than I thought they would be able to throw it. And, you know, they they stopped the run on early downs against your run game. Um, I guess we'll start defensively. That was just terrible first half defense. Terrible first half. Uh, safeties look confused, uh, which might make sense if you have as much turnover in personnel as you did. Uh, Miko Dotson. You know, the instant reaction, unfortunately, turns too frequently in, I wouldn't say trying to blame kids, but probably too too critical of kids. Uh, so I'll have to go back and look at it. Obviously, he made a nice play where he got a forced fumble later in the game. You weren't fortunate enough to recover it. But, uh, you know, if you start nine, that's a, that's a concern as to what you can ultimately get there. Um, yeah, I mean, the first half looked like the sum of all fears. I mean, when you're down 17 to nothing, really before you can even – Bat and I, you have to wonder as to whether or not there's anything left in the gas tank, whether it be physically or just give a damn. Uh, ultimately, the team responded well. But the first half was disastrous, and you can't uh, completely write off the first half. You can, certainly can't completely bank off the second half either. Um, but, yeah, really disappointing start to the game. Uh, you let a guy get, get behind you on the third play of the game, which is something that we talked about. Uh, all week about that you really can't do. I mean, you can't get fooled uh, and have somebody slip behind you, and that happens immediately. You did not get 
punished as much on some of the stretch stuff than I thought you did. Uh, credit to yeah. credit to the ends and linebackers. Uh, decent contain. Didn't overrun like I thought you were. Honestly, a pretty well developed candidate to overrun plays and give up significant cutbacks. But uh, you know, to be interested, bud, I, and I don't mean to just gloss over the game, but as we sit here and we talk about coming into the year, really, this is all about keeping a class together. Can you sell kids that you didn't quit in the second half? Can you sell kids that you had a really impressive half? Uh, do they even care as to the situational aspects of the game? And when you're talking about recruits, I don't know. Uh, Cause if they're just looking at a score line, then today was just another check mark in a season of disappointments. If they actually watched the game, then you saw a team that didn't quit. You saw a team that came back. You saw a team that uh, continued to run hard. Another impressive day for Corbin and, and Ward, certainly. But, um, you know, you're 0-4. And 0-4 can only be glossed up in so many different ways. So, first of all, I agree with that. Obviously, if the recruits, uh, if they stayed and watched the whole game, right, if they didn't shut it off at halftime, um, which a lot of people book out of there at halftime. So, first half, I think FSU, if you listen to the broadcast, and I, I thought the broadcast did a nice job today, much better than last week's. An improvement. Yeah. <laughs> they talked about how uh, you know, this, this team was, was bound and determined not to let what happened to them last year happen to them this year against Louisville. Uh, and result-wise, the first half was just like the first half last year. Uh, but how they got there was, was somewhat different. Um, FSU did do a much better job. Stopping the run, I, I think after after seeing you know Wake and Notre Dame and, and Louisville, we can say FSU has a pretty good run defense. The line's legit. I mean, we have banked on that and we have bragged about them. Uh, I thought, I mean, look, particularly if you get that kind of performance without having what is probably your second best defender in Lovett on the field, then I give you credit up front. I mean, you did really well. Briggs had another solid day. I thought that. Um, I thought that the lineman from South Carolina's game matched what Louisville was going to do pretty well yeah. and was uh, really impressive with what Akir was able to give you out there. Um, you know, I'll have to go back and look at film. I thought the Loach played fairly well. Uh, again, game game time is limited on what you can base off kids, and for where we sat in the first half is even more limited. But I thought the Loach played pretty well. I thought Lindy situationally played okay. Um, but it's just uh, – you know, it's a matter of trying to figure out what you're really trying to do in the secondary. The back end. Is, who your pieces are that you can count on and who you feel comfortable pushing your chips out in the middle of the table. It concerns me that they had to sell out that much to stop the run, you know, and Louisville was ready for it. And, um, like, when they played zone, they didn't pass guys off very well and, and pick them up. When they played man, Louisville would routinely hit them with, with crossers, you know, and they they didn't have good answers for it defensively. Now, look, I know both your normal starting safeties, at least in the first half, Dent and Sidney Williams weren't there, right? Sydney, Dent, we don't know what's up with him. Sidney Williams obviously had the targeting carryover ejection uh, from the Wake Forest game. So that's tough, right? But uh, Louisville, they didn't punt in the first half, right? I don't remember. I don't, I don't, I don't think. remember. I, I, think they, yeah. I think they scored pretty much every possession in, in the first half. And 31 points is – like Louisville's got an okay offense. It's not great. Like, there's not a receiver out there. You're like, oh, that guy, he's a monster. The back is not special, right? The offensive line is 
it's serviceable. I think you saw the difference between like just a horrendous offensive line and the serviceable one there in Louisville today. Maybe it's actually a little better than I give credit for. Could be. Um, but like I just I think Louisville out coached Adam Fuller. I really do. Um, and you know, like like that's I just don't think that's a good enough passing offense to where you can say, yeah, that, that's acceptable. That's understandable. Yeah. Um, they're not missing that many guys that you should be that bad in pass coverage. You know, if you had told Mark Ennis, hey, they're really going to limit Louisville's run game in the, in the preview, I think he would have thought Louisville would be in for a dogfight. And we'll get to the dogfight because they were kind of in one late. But kind of the same thing with Wake last week. You know, when, when Wake was trying to score, they really were able to do so. Yeah. Uh, and then second half, get a big lead. It kind of shut it down. This is a hard – if well, this team plays like this, this is a hard team to solve the game away on because they do stop the run well. Yeah. I was also going to say it's a hard team to evaluate because how much of your rushing success okay, in the I want second to get to this half too. Yeah. is – Why do you think they can't run the ball right. when opposing teams are trying to stop the yeah. run? And uh, Lord knows I, I love Corbin and I love what Ward has developed into and love the players that those guys are. But how, how much of our second half success running the ball is based off other teams being I, comfortable with you doing so? I think a lot. Go back and watch. If you guys have this on YouTube TV or DVR or whatever, how often is Louisville in pass rush stance? Yeah. Right? A lot of weight on, on, on their front hand. They're, 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 they're trying to tee off. And FSU successfully running the ball against them. And like, to Norvell and Dillingham's credit, right? Like, you, you're trying to score some kind of points. And – like they seem to do a very nice job of that. I'll, I'll give them some credit here, of not, hey, we're down fourteen points. We have to just start dropping back every single play, chucking it deep. Like they, right? You yeah. you know FSU's game plan here, right? They're down ten points, eleven points in, in late in the third quarter. Hey, we're gonna keep running the ball. We're gonna keep chucking the ball short to our backs. We're gonna hit some guys maybe up the seam, especially as everybody else starts to play off and start start pass rush. We're gonna run some of that counter stuff. We're going to run the ball consistently on on second and nine, even though you know people, you know, yeah, very aggressive situationally, yeah. but patient overall. I mean, yeah. if, if they realize they have an the opportunity to run the ball and get back in the game and establish a run, uh, they do a good job of doing it. The the challenge from people from our like uh, perspectives is figuring out: are you, are you really that good of a team? That it's not garbage time yet. It's not garbage time, but they're clearly playing it situationally different. Otherwise, yeah. I think you'd be able to run the ball better in the first half. Yeah. Because teams are not scared of McKenzie Milton's arm at all. No. They don't. I mean, they look, give you the pass. He can't really hit it. People know what you are, and they certainly know what you are from a personnel perspective. I mean, whether it be manning up your wide receivers. By the way, wide receivers. I've been, and I don't want to give the kid too much praise, so I'll go back and look at it. But I thought Andrew Parchment played a light years better game than he has any other game. Uh, and he, there was more consistent effort there, and you know, buy-in, if you want to use that phrase, than, than we've seen previously. So I'll be interested to go back, see if that carries over in anything other than kind of a lifetime watch. But uh, credit to seven, there was a, a little bit of a transition there, in my opinion, from what you've seen from other game-time situations. Yeah, I mean, they were not – pretty clear they were not happy with this buy-in earlier this year. Yeah, and if you, what, if you four get, snaps against yeah, Wake? I was going to say, if you get five snaps or whatever it was against Wake, then – Obviously, a message was sent, and perhaps a message was received. Norvell was definitely coaching up the receivers on the sideline a whole lot. Uh, I, I did notice um, early in the game, definitely, I don't think he was happy with, with how they were playing early on. 
I mean, Burrell in a boot and buggy, uh, that is somebody that I've been questionable about the status of. Not that Burrell is going to turn your season around or anything yeah, else, but sure. a guy that featured heavily in Notre Dame, particularly with some of the select packages that you had as much success with. And then to be kind of uh, relatively unheard of, that's more explanatory. But look, uh, like I said, if you knew that Lovett wasn't going to be there, then I would have been, you know, even more concerned. We'll say there was a, a name on offense thrown out that they were concerned with. He ended up playing, so maybe a little bit more optimistic than I was Thursday when we recorded the preview. But um, damn it, this team and hard to <laughs> hard to get a feel for. I mean, obviously you're 0 and 4, and 0 and 4 is only 0 and 4, and you can't spin it in too many ways. But um, yeah, it's not like are they good? It's like how bad are yeah, they? How right? bad are they? Like, you know, neutral game state, they're pretty bad. Um, I mean, what was the last seven sacks today? I think. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I, I can. I can uh, at least six. I got the box score here. Uh, yeah, six, six sacks, eleven tackles for loss, um, in, on seventy-five snaps. It's hard to win games like that, right? They'll they'll have these encouraging plays, and like, oh, it's another tackle for loss. It, it, it's another sack. Um, you know, and for all the good stuff they did on offense, and they they did do some good stuff on offense, right? They had you know four hundred fifty yards of offense. Corbin six, ran for one sixty. I mean, he did six yards of play. Yeah, but like, let's be real here. Louisville shut it down. Yeah, Louisville was not trying their damnedest to score in the second half. I don't think. I really don't. Like we saw the same thing with Wake last week. It's not technically garbage time yet, but it's very clear these teams. I think they're wrong about this, kind of, but they, they, they're like, all right, if the shoot's done, like they're not going to score, and they just start running the ball. They're, they're not like keeping the pedal to the metal coming out of the second half. There, we, we saw it with Wake, we saw it with Louisville, and it's like, oh, this FSU offense is kind of going to fool you into thinking that it's good, and I just think it's kind of not. Yeah, like, like, look, and that, that's maybe that's understanding. We know it's not good. What I'm saying is, how much of that stuff do you think was real? Because like, look at look at FSU's drive chart in the first half. Yeah, I mean they had it. They had the seventy-five yarder. That was nice, right? And then they had the one right before the half, which was great. They also had negative seven, you know, twenty-two, four, twenty-one. Um, you know, in the second half, they moved the ball. Like there was a lot more drives where they had multiple first downs on, and actually were able to move it some. They were not able to score it, obviously. Um, you know, they, they had the opening opening score of the half and then two field goals, you know, two turnovers and downs and, and, and a pick. Um, um, and we, it. we mentioned Louisville's success, but it's even more stark when it's in front of you. Open the game with touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Now, what uh, do you think? Do you, do, you think do you think Adam Fuller – because here's the remaining drives, all right? 18-20, negative 5, 8-8, 4-12-8, and then, you know, kneel down. Do you think that Adam Fuller suddenly found a, like a, a magic recipe to stop them, or do you think it was more a situation of Louisville kind of went into uh, went into shutdown? Mode? I think part of it was getting Travis Jay back in the game. Now, once Jay got back in the yeah. game, it didn't. It, you know, they still scored on you. I think two possessions. I think Jay. To us, it looked like Jay sat for the first ten minutes. Uh, we'll have, again, we'll go back and look and ask some people as to whether there's any correlation there, or if that's just coincidence, but. Uh, I do think Jay's an improvement over some of the other options out there. Uh, but no, I, I think it's Louisville, you know, transitioning what they want to do, or at least what their focus is. And ultimately, it both 
makes your defense look a little bit better. And on the other side of the ball, makes you look like probably a little bit better running team than you are. Uh, but for, for perception purposes, it is good that they actually fought. Like I told Ingram, no moral victories in this game. Like Notre Dame, you're pretty clearly outgunned. Louisville, you're somewhat outgunned due to the injuries, but like people aren't going to realize that. Like they didn't, they didn't get a standing O today for staying and fighting. I will note they didn't quit though. And like, man, I really thought they were going to quit. They didn't quit. Sure as hell felt like they were going to quit about 10 minutes into the second quarter. I mean, it was, uh, it was rough. We're probably a little bit closer to the sidelines uh, at times than we'd like to be. And at the same time, you get a better view of some of the, you know, some of the off the field stuff, if that's what you want to classify it as. And it did not look like a, uh, a sideline that was all that built into it, but credit to them. I mean, whether it's a change of philosophy from Louisville or anything else, you still have to go out there, fight, make plays. And, and Florida State did that. Uh, again, the, you know, the hard thing to determine is whether or not that lands with recruits, whether or not you can sell your message based off the fact that you outscored Louisville 10 to nothing in the second half. I don't know. I don't know if that matters at all. Uh, but it was a, uh, you know, another really disappointing start to a game, another decent finish. And unfortunately, it's another game where Florida State comes up short and adds another tick to the column that is the loss column. So, uh, you know, we'll certainly have more opportunities to go back and look at this and evaluate it more. Again, want to stress that the uh, the beginning of the day at Township couldn't have gone any better. Matt Lewis from Congruity was out there. Fantastic time. We put a little hot sauce on our on our cheese earlier this morning. We had almost every sponsor represented. Brilliant time. Louisiana hot sauce koozie. Yeah. It was yeah. it was a great time. Koozies. We're working it, certainly. <laughs> so young guys got in the game. They played Cooper a lot. They played Knowles a lot. I think that's that's encouraging. Those are two guys that we know, you know the staff likes a whole a lot. Uh, Eleven continues to come on for you on offense. That's that's a sign, you know, of positivity. Um, is next week's game a game that you can win without Murray Smith? Uh, I really like. I do think it comes back to that. Like, it, like there's a lot of stuff that happened in this game. Yeah. But look, when Louisville was trying to shut down this offense, like and not play, and, and like you weren't playing left-handed. You didn't really do much, man. I don't know what your war is at center. Your wins above replacement, really. I think Babion's okay. I think it's much more drastic at left or at right tackle. I don't think your right tackle is particularly healthy. But do you, you think Babion would, would start over DLT or Gibbons if you were able to play Smith at center? Uh, he may. I have in, I have health concerns spread throughout the yeah. entirety of the offensive line. I don't think either. Let me, let me put really it that healthy. way. Um, and concern as to you know how much those guys are going to be able to go. So. We'll see. Syracuse is not, you know, maybe the walkover that uh, that some would have thought at the beginning of the year. It's going to be a challenge to get any win this year. Um, maybe even UMass, as silly as that sounds, but uh, you know, you've got uh, you've got a certain number amount of bodies that you felt comfortable at offensive line. You kick one kid out. You've had two other kids injured, uh, and you have maybe as many as three who are consistently dealing with injuries, trying to figure out whether or not they can go from a week to week perspective. And that's unfortunately just going to limit what you can do. Uh, I do think that it was, look, I, I ultimately think Jordan Travis is your best option at quarterback. If he's healthy and he can do some things. Uh, I do think it was good to go in this game with just one quarterback. You know, you knew what you were going to be. You had to. Not necessarily a like choice, obviously. Right. As we, yeah. saw, as we saw Jordan limping around on the sideline pregame. You had to kind of ride or die with McKenzie uh, for a, a lack of better words and, 
you know, maybe that gave you a little bit more both consistency of who your quarterback was going to be and consistency of, of kind of game plan and nobody looking over their shoulder. Um, and McKenzie, you know, showed you good and bad, and that's kind of what we've come to expect through four games with McKenzie Milton. So, um, yeah, just a hard team to make sense of, to be honest with you. You know, are they – are they – you know, do they quit that much? We know they don't. Is there not quitting aided by some adjustments and philosophical changes in the second half? Yeah, I probably think so. Um, but we'll see. You know, the year's all about trying to keep this class together. And if you can get on the phone with guys with the last name that we'll call Hunter, Duffy, et cetera, and sell the message that you're, you know, continuing to grow and almost had a chance to come back and send that into overtime, then maybe that lands. Uh, but it's certainly not where you wanted to be through four games so far this year. So I, I agree with that as far as they're like probably adjustments help not quit. But I also, I really do think that these guys could start to play really selfishly on defense and they, they did like, they kept playing their game. You, you weren't seeing guys jumping out of gaps and just try to play hero ball. So um, look, obviously, they're they're gonna have to take a look at the defense coordinator at the end of the year. It's gonna happen, right? The the look will happen. I don't know if change is gonna happen, but ultimately, I mean, they did kind of not, I don't know, completely fall apart in the second half. They they didn't allow any points in the second half, which was which is great. They got they got the offense the ball back a whole lot of times in that second half. Uh, even though I agree with you, I think part of it is, is that Louisville is trying to just, you know, they got an 18-point lead. They're not trying to do any trying to. turnovers. But to be fair, Louisville's not shutting it down when they go for it on fourth down and Brownlee comes up and makes it. You know, there, I mean, there were some plays there. I don't, I don't want to completely no, wash that's, over that's that. fair. But um, I do think that a shift in mentality probably helps you uh, make a game more competitive, and that's not the first week that that's happened. I agree with that. All right, so um, – the fourth and or the fourth and like three and a half call, where McKenzie turns to the sideline and acts like he's talking to the coaching staff. Yeah, do you like it? Do you hate it? Uh, I mean, we tried that in high school a couple of times, which was the immediate comment that I made to Bud. Uh, I think we probably sold it a little better, <laughs> a little bit better in high school. I'll have to go back and look. People who I think know football. Uh, told me that if Jordan Wilson was also on the same page as, as McKenzie and the rest of the offense, that maybe that's a successful play. And he is evidently also confused as to what's going on, so it doesn't spring. I don't know. Again, this is an interesting reaction. We don't have a chance to go back and look at things. Um, I'll just reiterate something that Bud and I have said from the beginning. When you're constantly trying to throw curveballs, and I'm speaking in a metaphorical sense here, when you're constantly trying to trick people, then you've got to constantly try to trick people. And this is the second game in a row where uh, obviously these are not completely congruous, but you've come down to a fourth down play and had to do something that could only leave you scratching your head as to like, was the only reason we call that because no one else would ever consider that that's what's actually coming, uh, which, you know, may very well be the case. Uh, I didn't hate it. I certainly, that's not my biggest gripe as to what happened today. It would, more be based off what we showed on defense in the first quarter. Uh, but I, Oh, you had problems with that? Yeah, I did, yeah. I did yeah. have problems with the whole let's let them score thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a, it's not an example in, in play calling history, certainly. 
but of all the things that are wrong, I don't know that uh, continuing to try to trick people is is necessarily the greatest plan, but it may be the best plan that you have if you're the offensive coordinator. I agree with that. Um, I do recall seeing this work in the NFL. So, do you remember the Bert Emanuel game where that like the, where they said it was no catch? The Bucks Rams it was in St. Louis back when the Rams were still in St. Louis. Tony Dungy team. I think a Dick Vermeil team or Mike Murch team, one of the two. I, I, I don't think, I hope I'm not conflating games here, but it was that, it was that era, mm-hmm. right? And they're playing, it's in the dome, and uh, um, Kurt Warner acts like he's pissed about something, goes, turns, begins to go walk towards the sideline, which is technically going in motion, snaps his chin strap off, right? And, uh, or begins to. The Tampa Bay defensive lineman kind of, you know, you can understand something, go to a knee. Ball snap, their pancake, Marshall Falk runs for, for the first down. It didn't work out for us. No. Um, again, why are you having to run that play? Because you've had a lot of success running the football in the second half. But in that play, right, fourth and two and a half, fourth and three, they're not playing pass. They're playing run. And that's why you're like you're a bad short yardage team right now. You're having to trick people all the time. I will say, I, you want to talk about, like, grab bag and progression of play calling all this stuff. First half, I thought there was actually something pretty interesting going on. They're going in, into the north end zone, right? They have a short yards play. It's the play where McKenzie Milton ends up, it looks like it's totally botched, and it kind of was. Uh, McKenzie Milton ends up rushing for the first down. Mm-hmm. So you have, I think it's I think it's a two-by formation. But anyway, the receiver comes, the back is to the play side. Right, so they fake the jet to the receiver. The receiver ends up blocking, and then they're running what looks to be um, just a little speed option, right, with the back, or excuse me, with with, with the receiver who's off, who's on the jet motion as sort of a lead blocker. The play that Ward scores on, going into the south end zone in the second quarter, is literally something they set up in the first quarter. So, like, you want to talk about play play progression? Mm. They ran that exact same motion back to the same side. Initial step, what happens? They actually run counter off it. Louisville, having seen this play, and even if it didn't work, Louisville still saw it in the previous quarter, they are trying to set things up. They are making adjustments and changes. They're just the, the one thing that doesn't change is that they're still having to try to trick people. In some ways, running the ball when it's second and 10 or second and 11 and the defense is playing pass is trying to trick people, trying to keep them off balance. Mm-hmm. And everybody often wants to keep people off balance, but like your only option is to keep people off balance sometimes. So. Yeah, uh, pretty wild day of college football, by the way. Yeah, crazy day. Uh, Clemson obviously loses. Auburn flirts like hell against losing against Georgia State. Minnesota loses as a bigger favorite than FSU was. Okay. 31 points to, at uh, favorite home to Bowling Green. Did UConn, did UConn pull that off against Wyoming? Row the boat. Well, if UConn beat anybody, then that's a, yeah, they were a shocker in and of itself. They were a 30-point home dog. I'm looking to see how that thing finished here. Uh no, Wyoming pulled it out 24 to 22. So disappointing there. Obviously, it'd be cool to see see UConn <laughs> get a game uh, yeah. somehow. Duke almost lost it. Well, they almost lose in the end, but like that was that was pretty close. Uh, Arkansas gets its quarterback knocked out of the game and yeah. beats AM. Fighting pick suey goes and beats Jimbo. That's wild. I mean, uh, it was a wild day of college football. Absolutely. Um, shout out to Chansey. We met in the stands. Yeah, you wanted to shout out on the show? 
Appreciate you listening, man. It's great. It was, it was, I love that uh, people walked up to Bud and were like, "Hey, did you get your? Uh, did you get your house through no loans?" And he's like, "Well, yes, I did. Twice. But, uh, yeah. I'm also the host of this podcast, so that's the other way that I got this T-shirt. So, no, it's great, man. It's, it's incredible cool. to see how many Nolcat shirts, how many of the old school punting and bunning shirts are running around. A couple fans with hats." Uh, just certainly, again, want to reiterate where we started. Amazing to see so many people show up for the uh, uh, tailgate over there, Township. Uh, you know, Owen Ford in your heart, certainly, but uh, a hell of a good time. And uh, we'll have to see what comes to Syracuse as they're, you know, it's it's an interesting team. It would be great to see if they continue to battle. Uh, I will give them credit. And this is a not, you know, a, I don't know how to phrase this exactly, but this is not a podcast that hurls praise at you for not quitting. Uh, but it's a team that continues to fight, and you have to think that ultimately, you know, some of that fight comes together if it stays stays together, and maybe you get a couple wins at the end of the season that at the beginning of the year we didn't think. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say you're going to beat Clemson because I don't think you're going to. Uh, but there there are some games out there that you know maybe you maybe you pull a little bit of an upset, and what looks like a disaster doesn't turn into quite as much of a disaster as it is. But nonetheless. You played for, you've lost for. Um, you'll have to go and see what this looks like against Syracuse next week. Uh, but on the whole, it's a really tough start to the season. Yeah, it would be tough to imagine a, a, a tougher you know, start. We'll see if they get Jordan back. I don't know, man. Like based on the way he was limping around, uh, you know, his asset is, is his legs, right? Limping around, wearing a pretty heavy knee brace for the first time that I've seen. Doesn't mean, you know, Smith still in street clothes. Fabian just in street clothes in general surprised me. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, certainly a team that's had concentrated. Nobody can afford concentrated injuries. Certainly nobody can afford concentrated injuries uh, with a roster like this, as limited as it is. But, uh, you know, you, there's certainly some some small things of, of, of positivity to, to try to see whether or not that continues in the back half of the schedule. Because so far uh, through the first, you know, 35% or so. It's been about as disappointing as it can be from a record perspective. And, you know, maybe some of this fight or buy-in, if you choose to believe that it's there, uh, helps you win one or two games at the end of the season or the back half of the season that otherwise you didn't think you had a, a real good chance of. So people are tweeting me. Did I actually say 31-23? Uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't – I don't remember exactly. I, mean, I, yeah. I think I was somewhere in the area. I said 13 points. So I think I was 36-23, somewhere in that area. Um, and honestly, Florida State's – It went better than I thought it was going to go. It went better than I thought it would. It went significantly better than I thought it was going to, based off the conversations that I had on Thursday. So credit to those kids going out and playing a little bit better than that of what I thought uh, at the end of the week. All right, buddy. Uh, do this again Monday. Do it again. Absolutely. Thank you for the listens. Thank you for the fantastic support out of Township and everything else today. Patreon members, sponsors, Congruity, Louisiana Hot Sauce, uh, Tarpon Sellers, um, obviously Chad and Shannon, Resolution Home Loans. Uh, and they're, you know, like we said, like we've talked about the whole time. Over there at Township, Mad So, no better place to tailgate, end a game, whatever else, for the table restaurant group. We appreciate it. Thanks, y'all.